to the Pitched Industries podcast. Hey guys, what's going on? And welcome back to another episode of the Pitched Industries podcast. My name's Nick White, and today I'm extremely excited to share a conversation that I had with the social media marketing expert, Stevie Dillon, from the Talk Social to Me podcast. I asked Stevie to come on this show specifically to offer advice for creatives wanting to market a service they might have or a product they're wanting to sell through their social media channels. On this episode, Stevie and I talk about what you should be focusing on with your social media accounts today, the difference between a boosted post and an advertisement through Facebook Ads Manager, the importance of using Instagram stories and highlights well today, algorithms, and so much other stuff. I'm sure you guys are going to get so much out of today's episode, but before we get into it, I just want to let you know that I've created a cheat sheet giving you all the information that me and Stevie talk about in today's episode, which you can download at www.pitchedindustries.com forward slash social. There's a whole heap of content which me and Stevie talk about in today's episode, so I'm sure these notes are going to help you guys out a whole heap. So with that said and done, let's get straight into this conversation with Stevie Dillon. Stevie, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks so much for having me. I've listened to so many of your podcasts and I mean, there's so many things to really dive into over there, but I just want to give you the opportunity to talk a little bit about who you are and maybe what you do for the people who haven't yet gone over to the Stevie Says Social Podcast. Sure. So I have the Stevie Says Social podcast, obviously, yeah. <laughs> but my background isn't actually in social media originally. So back in the day, I went through uni and did journalism and law and worked as a solicitor for a few okay. years and hot tip, I don't recommend doing yeah. that. <laughs> so I did that for quite a few years. I went to London and I was working over there as a solicitor and just never enjoyed it. Like I've always enjoyed I guess talking to people and I guess being more social and you just don't get the opportunity to do that for years when you're working in law so I completely changed careers I did an internship at sort of 26 at a few different places uh, down here on the Gold Coast a couple of surf places and then up in Brisbane I got a job at the Queensland Reds and got into marketing from there so the last few years I have been specializing in social media marketing which It gets a bit of a bad rap, but I think it is the best thing in the world. And I have started my business, Stevie Says Social. So I kicked that off coming up to a year ago now. I'm actually putting together first birthday celebrations at the moment. Yeah, and started the podcast, which is Stevie Says Social, shortly to be relaunching with a new name. And that's pretty much what I do all day, every day now is talk about social media. Yeah, no, I'm I'm so glad you do because I had no idea about really how all this stuff works, but um I've obviously spent a lot of time on your um channel and learnt so so much. So the majority of the pitched industries listeners are either university students who are trying to build a freelance business from scratch or they're people who are currently working as freelance creatives who are wanting to kind of learn how they can better reach out to potential clients and sell their work. Could you let us know how creatives can use social media and marketing strategies to help market their service better or even promote their work better in general? Yeah, so that's kind of the the question that I get asked every day across pretty much all different industries. The bottom line is, 
as a creative, you actually have an advantage when it comes to platforms like Facebook and Instagram in particular, Instagram being such a visual platform. It is one of those kind of situations where you just have to dive in and get going, which is easy to say. It's a lot harder on especially Facebook and Instagram than it has been in the past with the algorithms at play. There's not the guarantee that you're going to have your content seen by every person that's following you. So it's getting tougher and tougher around that. Yeah. In terms of tips, there's four kind of main areas that I generally recommend that people focus on. The first is branding. So it's not social media, but one thing that I see is that there are so many businesses and it's probably not so relevant to creatives because they'll generally have that unlocked to a certain extent, but they don't have their brand sorted in terms of they don't know a purpose for what they're doing beyond just kind of selling stuff. They don't know what makes them different to every other person in their industry and they don't know how they want to be perceived in terms of having like a brand personality. So if you can really dive into that and then make sure that it's super consistent across everything that you do visually and then also with your words, your captions and things are so important on Facebook and Instagram and they're often forgotten. You're totally ahead of the pack. The second thing is social media and content. Um, So it's making sure that what you're doing is basically really focused on engagement across Facebook, across Instagram. The whole name of the game these days is engagement. So getting people to like and comment and share on your posts. So how do you do that? That's really knowing who your target audience is. And it's really focusing on the types of content that the platforms prefer. So on Facebook, video is over-indexing in pretty much every single client account that I work on. And it's really kind of, if you want to get good traction on Facebook these days, it's something that you really need to be focusing on. On Instagram, really looking at things like Instagram stories. I know that a lot of people kind of still are focusing on the feed and having, you know, really great things in terms of what they're doing on their Instagram feed, but focus on things like Instagram stories and Instagram live and all of the different features because they're being prioritized and you'll get more reach in terms of what you're doing. And then the other two things, having a bit of a simple sales funnel. So people freak out when I say sales funnel, but ultimately you don't actually sell on social media. Social media is about building an audience and getting people to kind of know you, like you, see your work, etc. But you actually need to get people off social media into your email list or onto your website to actually ever buy from you. So that's what a sales funnel is all about. And then the last thing is traffic. So traffic is actually proactively getting off your own social media accounts and going to where your green clients, potential clients are hanging out and actually putting yourself there. And, and that's things like Facebook and Instagram advertising. You don't need to spend a lot. It's things like collaborating with other people. It's things like competitions and giveaways can work really well, but basically just being proactive and doing more than just posting on your own accounts. Yeah, for sure. Now, it's pretty obvious that you're not going to get the amount of followers going to accounts as easy as what it was in the past because of these algorithms limiting stuff. Um, and I, I do want to talk about that. I, I actually recently heard from someone who I know who's sort of within this space, and they were talking about how they were a little bit hesitant to actually make their Instagram page or account a business profile because of how Facebook algorithms in the past have sort of really like strangled, you know, your Facebook reach through business profiles. Is that something which you would agree with? (laughs) 
so interesting that you say this. So I have had an Instagram account for just over a year and I've always kept it as a personal account pretty much for that reason. So Facebook and Instagram, they're obviously owned by the same people and ultimately they're both businesses. And what has happened with Facebook more than Instagram is that they've really restricted reach in the newsfeed. And it makes sense. There's only one newsfeed. There's a whole heap of people that are fighting for access to it. And it's really Mm. kind of pay to play in a lot of ways these days, although it's still totally possible to get organic reach on Facebook. The problem is that with Instagram being owned by Facebook, in my opinion, I mean, they're also a business. There's only one newsfeed. I think it's a matter of time before those reach restrictions kind of become more pronounced. You just need to weigh it up. So I have kept a personal account for almost a year and I have seen really good engagement. I actually haven't noticed a difference in engagement since I have changed it over, but I do think that it's going to happen. The reason why I ended up changing mine over is so that I could advertise on Instagram. You can't do that without having a business account. So Okay, right. Yeah. Yeah, so through advertising, can you talk a little bit about the difference between boosting a post and actually getting a advertising strategy through the Facebook ads manager? Totally. So don't just boost posts, is what I would say. I actually have a course coming out called Beyond the Boost. And it's just because when you boost a post on Facebook or Instagram, basically you're just saying to Facebook within certain parameters, so you can kind of target age, sex, location, within certain limited parameters, you just want as many people to see that particular piece of content for the budget that you have, right? Yeah. With the Facebook Ads Manager, you can actually optimize your ad for a whole heap of different things. So say, for example, you create videos and you want as many people to see a particular video for as as cost-effectively as you possibly can. You can optimize your videos for video views and I'm seeing video view ads coming in for as cheap as one cent per view at the moment, which is just ridiculously amazing. You would never do that or never achieve that if you were just boosting. And there's a whole heap of other things you can do. Like if you want to optimize the ad to get traffic to your website or to get sales, or there's a whole heap of different options. You can do all of those. The targeting in Facebook ads is also really, really amazing. So you can get really strategic with it. And say, for example, there's somebody in your space that is a celebrity celebrity or that's really, really well known and they create something similar to you or they have a similar target audience, you can set up an ad that is targeting fans of that particular page and that particular person with your work. And it's much more likely that they'll be interested in it. So it's an awesome way to supercharge what you're doing with your organic social media. Yeah, awesome. Because it's something I've been looking into quite recently, actually. And the one thing which which really I'm not too sure about, I suppose, is how to really find your audience through using this um, ads manager. I mean, are there any tips that you have which actually will allow you to find your perfect audience and kind of find them quicker? Or is it just sort of something you need to just try and then if it works, keep going. If it doesn't, maybe um, niche it up a little bit more? It's always, it'll always be trial and error when it comes to Facebook ads, but there are definitely things you can do. So when you go into the Facebook ads manager, there's actually a tool in there called audience insights and not a lot of people know about it. It is honestly absolute gold. So you can uh, put your own account in there. If you've got quite a few followers on your account, on your Facebook account, and you can actually see 
what other accounts your followers are following in every single niche. So what shopping pages they're following, what celebrities they're following, et cetera, et cetera. If you don't have many followers on your Facebook account yet, you can actually plug in other people's pages and you can see what people that are following those pages are following. So you can actually, rather than guessing and thinking, you know, what are people who are aged between 18 and 23 living in Australia that are following uh, Amy Porterfield, for example, interested in, you can actually find that out and Facebook gives you that information, which you can then go and put into the Facebook ads manager to serve ads. It's amazing. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be checking that out for sure. So earlier you were talking about engagement and obviously how crucial that is today with, with your accounts and, and with what you're producing. Can you say comment in the captions or what what are some things that kind of limit the reach of a post which creatives and people might not know about in general, which can really kind of strangle the reach of a post? Yeah, so when it comes to engagement on both Facebook and Instagram, there are some things that you are not allowed to do. So you can't actually specifically ask people on Facebook to uh, to tag someone. You can't ask them to like your page. There's quite a few things that you can't do on Facebook. But the name of the game on Facebook is actually when it comes to engagement, meaningful interaction. So what Facebook wants is for people to be chatting to other people on Facebook. They want it to be a real kind of community thing and they don't want it to be all about businesses selling stuff. So if you can do things like ask questions in a really nice, natural way, that can be a great way to get engagement. And so what I mean by that, an example A lot of people say on Facebook that, you know, you really need to have an image or you need to have a video in order to be successful. The exception to that is that you can actually just ask, and I'm finding this is working really well at the moment, just a one-line text question to some, to your followers, and that can get really amazing engagement. So for example, I just asked on my own Facebook account the other day, would you rather 100,000 Facebook fans or 100,000 Instagram followers? And it had something like 78 comments. And Woolworths does this all the time. They just ask one-liner questions. So inviting that engagement works really, really well on Facebook. On Instagram, it is all about storytelling. So if you can accompany whatever you're putting in your image with a great story rather than just a one-liner caption that's a bit of a throwaway, that will completely set you apart and people are attracted to that. So that works really, really, really well. Okay, yeah. So the stories are something which I'm finding really interesting currently because it sort of seems to be more engaging than posts at times i mean are there are there certain strategies that we can use as creatives so like photographers artists or whatever it be to really promote and sell a product or service that we use through instagram highlights yeah you can be really strategic with your highlights so obviously until sort of i can't even remember when they came in now about six months ago you you would have a story that went up on your Instagram account and it would go away in 24 hours and you would never see it again. So with highlights, you can mark them and they sit on your highlights in certain categories and they kind of sit there forevermore. I've seen those being used really creatively by different businesses for different things. So for example, if you've had people that are really giving you props in terms of something that you've done and they've you know left your testimonial or whatever, you can naturally kind of put those on your Instagram stories and then you can 
save them to your highlights so that when somebody is hitting your Instagram account, they're kind of going, oh, is this somebody I want to follow? Do I want to check them out? What are they all about? More than just what they're producing, you can have the testimonials on there. You might have examples of your work on there. So you might have different categories of work. So say you're a I don't know, say you're a surf photographer, you might have, you know, photos from a particular area and you would have those all showcased in one of your highlights. And so people can just get a snapshot of what you're all about, what you're like, what's your work like, a little bit of the behind the scenes, and then they can kind of make a decision to either follow you or not follow you. Yeah, for sure. And one thing which I've sort of been thinking about recently regarding the um, Instagram highlights is especially when it comes to creatives, so photographers, artists wanting to sell prints of their works, right? I think a big thing about that today is really showing your audience or your potential buyers that the prints that you're producing are really kind of like one-ofs or, or they're really like quite special. So I think if people are able to actually make a video or a short like minute-long video or something of the process of editing the photos or whatever and then obviously them coming out of the printer and then you like laying them out and signing them and then framing them or whatever it be, showing the process will really make people want to buy your work more than just seeing the end result totally so that comes back to that storytelling it's so important so yeah if you can basically you want people to see that you are different to everyone else in your industry you want people to see what sets you apart rather than just being I'm using in photographer as an example but like rather than just being any other photographer if you can do things like that like show the behind the scenes show the process show kind of what goes into what you do tell the story behind it in the captions if you can do more than just showcase what your actual work is that's what people are interested in. People remember stories and they stick. And I just know from my experience, even with my own Instagram account, anytime I tell a story, that's more than just talking about social media and talking about the tips and the tricks and things like that. That's when it connects with people. And that's when it's giving you an opportunity to, yeah, showcase what you do beyond just what you do. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you know better than most, I'm sure that these days you don't really need a massive audience. So you don't you don't need the 10k followers or whatever to be making money with whatever whatever sort of business you do, I suppose, especially as photographers and and artists and designers and all that. I mean, if you're able to have a smaller following but really nail these um story highlights on Instagram and really show the process of everything that you do and and maybe give a bio section or something of yourself, it's going to help really people get to know you as a person and even though you might only have 2,000 followers I mean you might have people who are way more willing to buy from you because of how well you really market yourself I suppose through your social media accounts and someone who might have 50,000 followers but isn't nailing these things so yeah, it comes back to, I mean, at the end of the day, it would be amazing to have 50,000 really highly engaged followers, right? Mm. But the problem when you start to follow, uh, sorry, chase just followers is that people end up with people that aren't actually engaged in what it is that they do and genuinely interested in it. So yeah. if you can have a smaller following of really highly engaged people, that's fantastic. You can make a living off 2,000 followers if they're really, really highly engaged. You know what I mean? Yeah. But 
at the same time, you also do need to be kind of looking at, okay, cool, how can I actually grow my following, grow my audience of engaged people? And so you do that by, you know, collaborating with other people. You do that by things like Facebook ads and basically other traffic strategies to try to over time also grow that following. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that you are quite knowledgeable when it comes to the competitions. Would you be able to give uh, a few short tips to kind of let people know about how they might be able to do that a little bit better? And if it needs to be this massive, massive competition, or if it can be something that's really short and sharp and effective? Yeah, you just got to think about what your goal is. So the biggest mistake that I see people make when it comes to competitions is that they give away something really generic like an iPad. If you are a creative, you obviously have amazing work to showcase. Give away one of your best pieces or give away one of your pieces. And you can do that in two ways. One is on Instagram, you can just run a simple tag to win if you want to, uh, sorry, follow and tag two people to win if you want to grow your following. Yep. But you're only going to be attracting the people that are actually on your account for that. So what I would recommend doing is working in collaboration with an influencer or somebody else that can actually share that particular competition on their account. Make sure that they've got people that are following them that you want within your audience and then that'll bring people back to your account. The other way to run a competition and it's the way that I recommend because we don't own our social media platforms, they could go away at any time. Instagram obviously will reduce reach over time is to get people's email address and you can do that with a program called Viral Sweep and that basically allows you to set up a really simple social media competition that requires an email address and you can actually have once they've entered their email address they can get five bonus points if they also like you on Instagram or they share it with two friends so you're kind of killing two birds with one stone so okay. give away one of your pieces of work or something that's actually aligned with what it is that you do then set up a competition and then make sure that you're driving traffic to it so through an influencer or through facebook ads or whatever it is okay wow awesome i've never heard of that tool that's that's really cool thanks yeah Um, give it a go except how how do you do that so how do you caption a post which you're trying to create a competition for without saying comment tag or anything else without the algorithm stopping you in your in your tracks yes (laughs) So Facebook is stricter than Instagram. So on Instagram, you can pretty much do anything. The only thing you can't do is to tag somebody in a photo that they're not actually in. So when you're actually tagging the photo. So otherwise, it's pretty much free reign on Instagram. You can pretty much ask people to do anything. Don't ask them to do absolutely everything because they won't do it. Just think about what your main goal is. If it's to grow your following, I would just use a like and tag two people. Make sure also actually, if you're going to do that on Instagram, you have in the image that you put up something prominent that has like a a win or like some sort of like mention in the image about the fact that it's a competition. Okay. Yeah. So that'll sort of help it stand out on your feed in the future as well. Cool. So I think today people are pretty switched on. Like the average Joe, they know a lot about how influencer marketing works, I suppose, to a to a certain extent and how really businesses try to sell to them through social media and other accounts. What are some social media strategies that are proven to work and can help businesses build up or sometimes even start, which aren't intrusive or really like, oh no, they're just doing this again. You know, like, I know exactly what they're doing. This sucks. I'm not going to do it. 
Yeah. So one of the things that I would recommend is just collaborating with people. So when people talk about, so there's collaborations and there's influencers. When people talk about influencers, a lot of the time the perception is that, you know, it's a bikini model on Instagram with a hundred thousand followers. That's not always the case. The best influencer relationships work when it's somebody that has a really genuine influence with somebody that has the same target audience as you. And they don't need to have a hundred thousand followers and you can find a way to work with them really authentically. So that's influencers. The other side of it is collaboration. So you can work with other businesses or other creatives with a similar but non-competing kind of relationship and you can work with them to mutual benefit. So there's a million different ways you can do that off the top of my head. For example, you could do an Instagram takeover on each other's accounts where you do a day in the life of and you show the process of what you're doing and going through your work and that sort of thing. And likewise, they do that on your account. And that can be a great way to kind of cross-pollinate. You can do things like an Instagram live. So this is a really good idea at the moment when you go on Instagram live, you can invite somebody else on. And then when you do that, that Instagram live will show up in the feed of their followers as well as your followers. So you can cross pollinate your audience that way. And honestly, that is just collaborations, especially when it comes to Instagram, you can absolutely do it in a really authentic, natural way. It is the best way to grow. Like I have seen accounts of a friend of mine. She is in health and skincare, but she's gone from zero to 10,000 really, really quickly, literally by using strategies like that. And the best part is the people that actually want to do business with her. So she's nailing it doing just that. So I know it works. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The one thing which I think creatives struggle with more than others when it comes to the look of Instagram feeds and certain things they post is it's really obvious now that every single person within creative fields really spends a lot of time making their feed look really appealing um, without actually clicking onto each individual photo. I mean, so I suppose when you were talking earlier about really collaborating and getting other people on as maybe features, maybe the best thing for creatives to do is maybe just do that in the hot, in the story. So it's not something which is going to be ruining your, your feed and, and you can still do the same thing, I suppose. Yeah. And like you visually don't need to ruin your feed in terms of if you wanted to collaborate with somebody, you could do a mutual collaboration and it's just something that you give them a shout out in the captions, for example, and you tell a story about something that they've done. You know, there's so many different ways you can kind of go around it. But when it comes to Instagram, I would say the best collaborations in stories, so stories, takeovers and Instagram live, like I mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you could maybe start a strategy, I suppose, like every Wednesday, I'm going to just spend uh, 10 minutes and just say, this is someone who, whose work I'm really admiring or something, and I'm just going to send them a shout out and just, you know, hopefully they'll do the same. But if not, at least you're going to be a source of inspiration for other people because they'll know who it is you're inspired by. So yeah. that, is an, that is an awesome strategy. And I just think like when it comes to... Social media, if you do it that way and you're being really natural and nice and authentic and not expecting something in return, people actually appreciate that. And they generally kind of, even though it's not your expectation, you'll generally get people going, oh, cool, you know, this girl's doing a great job with X, Y, Z. And yeah, it's a really nice, natural way of doing it for sure. Yeah. And I mean, when I've done that in the past, it's it's really obvious, like it doesn't matter if you're adding or you're tagging someone with 200,000 followers and they might be this amazing photographer or this 
artist or whatever, and you'd never think that I'd actually see it. But I mean, trust me, I've seen a lot of times that through doing this and actually making it an actual genuine post saying, you know, this person is really inspiring me or whatever, a lot of the time they do actually see that. And if your work's good or whatever, that they will often either look at your feed or they'll follow you back or whatever it be. So I suppose it's a good way of getting quality over quantity as well sometimes. Absolutely, yeah. And I've actually seen people do that a lot in stories as well. If you're giving a shout out, it's really easy now to share that on your own story. So it can be a great way for them to really quickly go, cool, this person's giving me a shout out. They share it on their own stories. And then whether it's intended or not, it's also a bit of exposure for you and your account as well. Yeah, for sure. So I suppose you could probably relate this with everything that we've spoken about already. But if our audience want to market a service which they do so maybe they're a wedding photographer or maybe they're an artist who specialize in doing album artwork for artists how would they go about marketing that service so whether that's an hourly rate thing they do but how, how would they go about doing that well and not just focusing on their print sales or whatever it be yeah, so that's really kind of related to a service-based business, I suppose. And there's two different ways that you can do it. You can do it organically or you can do it using paid advertising. But organically, I think the best way to go about it is two things. Just make sure that you're producing content on your social media that is establishing you as an expert in your field and also telling stories that get people to relate to you. So, This is very specific to service-based businesses, but if you can nail those two things, they're the two things that people are looking for when they're looking whether they're going to work with this person or this person. So that's super important. When it comes to paid, uh, there's a lot of different things you can do to generate leads or generate business, but it comes down to not just putting an ad on Facebook or Instagram and trying to sell. So saying, hey, I've got this, do you want to buy it? It's not the platform for that. It's really kind of giving away something that's free and of value. So say you're a wedding photographer, you might give away 10 tips on how to absolutely nail the perfect whatever shot or whatever it is. And you would give that away and basically put some ads behind it targeted to, you know, people that are getting engaged or have just gotten engaged in the last six months. They would download that. They would then be on your email list. You would invite them onto your social media accounts and then you just start to develop a relationship with them. So yeah, there's plenty of different ways you can do it, but they're two of the ways that work the best. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, Guys, if you're listening to this, head over to the Stevie Say Social podcast because, I mean, she's got episodes on all of this stuff um, in, in a lot of depth. So, And I'm sure you can just try and make it relate to you personally uh, as a creative. But, I mean, yeah, she, she's got a lot of um, really helpful advice and tips over there. But I kind of wanted to speak to you a little bit about Pinterest and maybe some other forms of social media. Because I'm sure that a lot of our designers and artists probably use that quite a lot. Are there any tips or tricks that can really help them with their outreach there or maybe generating sales? Or I mean, what's some advice you have? Yeah, totally. So one of the biggest downfalls of Facebook and Instagram is 
that they are algorithm based, yeah. <laughs> which means that you put up a post and it might be seen, it might not be, uh, depending on a whole heap of different factors in the algorithm. And it generally will have disappeared within about 24 hours. So that is a massive downfall. Even though everyone's there, everyone's focusing on it. I actually think that there is so much opportunity in some of the other social media platforms that are not algorithm focused. And so two of the big ones, yeah, Pinterest and YouTube. And the two big benefits of both of those platforms is that they are search engine based. So what that means is you can put up a post on Pinterest or you can put up a video on YouTube and make sure that you use the right keywords that people would be searching for. And it can live there and like actually kind of drive more and more traffic over time Mm. forever. So I've seen this particularly with Pinterest so much opportunity. You've got to make sure with Pinterest, it's very USA centric. So if you're trying to sell to an Australian audience, you've got to make sure that you're using Australian keywords in there, but it can be absolutely amazing in terms of driving traffic to your website. So absolutely would recommend Pinterest as I would recommend YouTube if it fits your business. Okay, cool. So I suppose it's pretty obvious that a few years ago, it would have been so much easier for uh, Instagram and Facebook to sort of build your business up there. So maybe Pinterest is the way to go. Yeah, it's it totally comes back to your target. Like, is your target audience there? So really, like, Pinterest is very much kind of like late 20s to late 30s female is like kind of their core audience. Okay. And so if your audience is there, like if you're a wedding photographer, if you're not on Pinterest, you're absolutely crazy, for example, because brides are going on there and they're researching that sort of thing, you know? Wow. That's a good tip. Totally. Yeah. And like a lot of people, like if they're in a creative field and your target audience is other creatives, for example, they're on there and they're looking for your images for inspiration mood boards and things like that. If you're a designer, so it just depends on if your target audience is there. If they're there, 100% go all in on it. And the best thing is you don't need to spend a whole heap of time there. There's apps like Tailwind is the one that I use. And you can basically schedule your posts to go out over and over again. And it's pretty much set and forget. You spend a couple of an hour, sorry, you spend a couple of hours every month setting it up and it literally just drives more and more traffic over time. Wow. Okay. That's awesome. You're completely right. I suppose that I've never as a male actually spent a lot of time on Pinterest. I'm going to be dead honest with you. But yeah, I love that tip, especially with um, wedding photographers because I can definitely imagine, yeah, heaps of brides and stuff looking through it. So yeah. And if you're like, if you've got mums as a target market, it absolutely kind of over into X's with them as well. So yeah, you just got to think about whether your audience is there. Uh, awesome. <laughs> Well, look, thank you so much, Stevie, for coming on the show and just providing so much value there. There's so many tips which people will be able to take home with them from this um, interview, I'm sure. So thank you so, so much for your time. No worries. Thanks, Nick. Thanks for having me. So that's just about it for today, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in like always. But before I let you go, I'd just like to remind you guys once again to head over to the at Pitched Industries feed on Instagram to join in the conversation there, as well as to get over to the website and download today's cheat sheets, giving you all the information from today's chat at pitchedindustries.com forward slash social. But until next week, guys, I hope you have a great few days and I'm looking forward to chatting with you guys next time. Cheers.